Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Showtime. I'm so glad everyone's here. You know why? I'll tell you why. We have a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is droid maker, actor, and car guy. You know him from The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. His name is Chris Bartlett. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week. 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Bill Klutz. Say hi to Bill Klutz, everybody. Hello, Bill. Billy, how you doing, buddy? Uh, and Bill, uh, Phil has a message for you. Uh, what's this going to be now? <laughs> Sorry, I added it. Anyway, <laughs> hey, Phil, Phil says hello. He's not with us today, Bill. And I, lo- I-, I love Bill because I just I always imagine Bill's middle name being "Don't be such a." <laughs> He's got to have thick skin with that last name. Yeah. I'll just say that. I I tell you what, I love our klutz. That's cool. <laughs> And I would like to begin today's proceedings with a statement. I am very annoyed with gratitude. How can you be annoyed at gratitude? I'm annoyed with gratitude. I think I think it's a twitchy mindset. It's a uh, it's 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 an annoying feeling and emotion to to hold on to. Now here's where I am when it comes to gratitude. I realize it's important to live in a state of gratitude, and it's not a transactional thing. You know, I'm grateful for something. You're not supposed to be there. It's like you know, I'm grateful for. Hitting a horn high yo to come out roll on a crap table. <laughs> what is that? Look, you you be grateful for what you want in your life. I'll be grateful for what I want in my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, gratitude is thankfulness, Adam, for like what you have, not yeah, for what you for, want. For life itself, that's the mindset. <laughs> not not for what you get, but for what is. Is that is that accurate? Yes, and not a monetary worth. Don't judge me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. <laughs> First of all, I used to be grateful when I would see someone less fortunate than me. I'm like, well, I should be grateful. Thank God I'm not him, that poor son of a bitch. But that's now I'm relying on someone else to be in worse shape than me for me to feel better. So I know that's not right. No. So then when you make a gratitude list, like I have to be grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful for rev matching in the corner. You know, when 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 you rev match a car, you uh, you just blip the gas and you can shift uh, when you make a turn. So there's no weight transfer. and never mind. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful great. for it because it doesn't happen a lot when I drive. And when it does, it's a special event. Yes, honey. You're grateful for what you're doing with uh, the car? For that experience. You know, <laughs> I'm grateful. For, I'm, I'm using this as an example. Yeah, you, you got a lot to work on, Adam. I know. Point <laughs> is, I know it's not a transactional thing. Gratitude should be a mindset. And you should be grateful for what it is. And I'm very grateful. I have, I have a great life. But the other day, I was having one hell of a day. All right. Mm. And gratitude was nowhere to be found because what I had, I woke up in the morning, I had an 8 a.m. pitch meeting. Right. So I got to be up and camera ready because I'm on Zoom and, and selling. So I'm up and selling at eight o'clock in the morning with producers. Oh, yeah. Buy the show. I'm funny. Blah, blah, blah. As I'm getting up. So I'm up at six. Right. I make coffee and I always make coffee for my wife. I put a cup of coffee in a travel mug right by her bed. So when she wakes up, she has coffee. So it's six in the morning. I'm thinking she's not going to be up yet. So I walk in, I put the coffee on and she's up. She goes, I got to get up. I go, why? I got to take Kona to the vet. Ah, Ooh. this. So I'm now I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, is everything OK with my dog? And she used the word vet. Anyone that owns a pet and hears the word vet <laughs> panics immediately because your first thought is this is going to cost me a fortune. Yeah, it's pricey. <laughs> yeah. Things add up. Yeah. So so I'm like, all right, she's got to go to the vet. I don't have time to get into it because I got I to get ready. So I go to the I do the pitch meeting. It goes well. Alex uh, is at the vet and um, I have to call Stern. Because we got to have a production meeting after the pitch meeting for the show, and we got to talk about some show shit. Mm-hmm. Right before I call Stern, you called me, honey. Mm-hmm. And what'd you say? I tried to keep you calm. It I didn't just work. Said we didn't need, work. They need to run some tests. Yes, they need to run some tests. Mm-hmm. So right away, I'm panicked for my dog, and I hear a cash register just ringing <laughs> shit up in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I said, Mark, I said, honey, just make sure our dog is okay. Which means, Mark. Don't let him try to upsell you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to say, you know, we, we really should run an upper endoscopy. Just is, is, is the dog all right? <laughs> what is a car dealership or a veterinary center, man? Oh, everyone's trying to make some money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Farrar. We have to drain your dog's blood and fill her with liquid gold. It's the only way to save her life. <laughs> Well, they didn't try to upsell me. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I love my vet. Right. So so now I'm I'm in this tension. I'm I'm waiting to see if my dog is okay and I finally get stern on on the phone for the production call and I'm a little late. So I had to apologize. I am so sorry I got tied up, Mark. Is everything all right? And he said, I'm on the promontory. I'm like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. Uh, why did you pick up the phone? He's like, it's okay as long as we have a signal. I thought the promontory was like, I don't know, like, like a high-class hotel. He's like... <laughs> He's at a press conference. For, Kornheiser sent him in for some breaking news or like, like a promontory is like the reading of a will or some shit. You know what, you know what a promontory is, honey? Rocks. He's on the trail. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm on the promontory just overlooking the river. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now we've learned what a promontory is. Marcus Stern is on the promontory. <laughs> yeah. So, so we start breaking down the show and all of a sudden in the middle of the conversation, he goes like this, honey. Hey, buddy, how are you? And I'm like, all right. He ran to somebody he knows on the trail. I'm on speakerphone with him. I don't want to be rude, so I just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And he's having this conversation. Alex, 
I saw the cutest squirrel I had ever seen. <laughs> he saw you a friggin' squirrel. <laughs> and? And what? I'm trying to get work done. I'm, I'm terrified my dog might be sick or the vet's going to soak me for a shitload of money. And this guy's having a conversation with rodents, all right? Not, it's a squirrel. You call oh, them rodents. Was... They're little creatures. Yeah, he was so adorable, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't have much to add to the to the conversation in terms of the show breakdown, mm -hmm. but he was adorable. So right. yeah, yeah. The, the Mark Stern show on the promontory. Me and the vermin. This is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> Why did you say vermin? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Goodness. By the way, Alex, it was even worse. Like later on, I was I would say something to, to Adam like. And the most important thing that we have to remember for this show is, oh, look at that bird. It's huge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's sending me pictures of turtles. It sounds he sent me a picture of a turtle. He goes, look at this big boy. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's a snapping turtle or not. I'm looking at him. I go, well, he's a Gentile. Look at the foreskin around the head. <laughs> now I'm in a turtle conversation. You're so weird, That's Adam. I'm such a child. I was so distracted. I was not. That was not my most focused uh, conference call that we've had. Yeah. Are you saying that Mark is too grateful? <laughs> yes, Mark's grateful for everything. He's grateful for turtles. He's grateful for rock formations. So then, I'm on Mark's side, by the way. I, how did I know that? Yeah, friggin' Christopher Robin in the woods with Winnie the Pooh. Cute. So, yeah, so, but then I get the call. So then, Mark, Alex calls me. Kona is fine. Ah, and I'm grateful. I actually, I thank God. I went, ah, oh, I am so grateful my dog is okay. Mm -hmm. What's right. the estimate? Son of a bitch. Why does there always got to be a comma? There's always a comma. There's <laughs> a comma. Oh. But my dog is okay. Mm -hmm. But tell, tell him what's wrong with the dog. Too much gas. Yeah. She has indigestion. My dog has indigestion. <laughs> my too quick. My dog is like an old Jewish man that can no longer have corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's. I'm, listen, I'm happy that Kona's good, that she's okay, but yeah. <laughs> that's good. She eats too fast. Yeah, that's it. That's that's what that's what I just showed. She eats really fast. I go, what do you mean? She eats like an animal. She is an animal. What? Do you, what does she have? No table manners. <laughs> Her metabolism is shot. Yeah. So I have to rev it up. Yeah. So we got to get a. They, they said recommend Pepsi AC. Pepsi AC. Yeah, so small I, meals and pe Pepsi AC. Yeah, small meals and Pepsi AC. So my wife sends me to get the Pepsi AC. Mark, did you know dogs can't have flavors? I found this out the hard way. Yes. I came on with I, Pepsi I, AC, and she, my wife goes, it's Tropical Punch. She can't have this. I go, dogs eat their own shit. Are you, you really think <laughs> Tropical Punch no. is going to cause a problem? <laughs> Don't seem to have a problem with certain things, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but apparently Tropical Fruit, that's a no-no. No. So, uh, so, I, so dogs can't have any flavors or just Tropical Punch? You bought me Pepsi AC Tropical Punch chewables. The dog's got teeth. What do, you, what, what do you want me to get? Suppositories? I'm not doing that. <laughs> You got what you would eat. You're like, hey, I like these. This is what, exactly. this is what the dog will like. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, I'm I'm grateful that the dog is 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 okay. And the end of the day comes, and I, finally we get it all done. And so it's 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 near like midnight, and my wife is sitting. She's sitting on the couch, and the two dogs are laying there sleeping next to her. And she looks at me with this big smile. She goes, "Come sit by me. Let's watch TV." And she gave me her hand, and I'm holding my wife's hand, and my dogs are safe, and we got everything done. And we're watching Hacks with Gene Smart, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting there, we're laughing, and my wife smiles at me, and 
it goes right through me. I still see, that's where I get gratitude. When she smiled at me, I felt so grateful that my family's healthy. Look at my beautiful wife. She's smiling. And whenever she smiles at me, I'm like the end of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. My heart just grows 10 sizes <laughs> bigger. <laughs> and I don't want to destroy a village of who's. That's all. <laughs> so so you're in that moment. Yeah. You just got to figure out how to stretch that moment out a little bit. That's down, why right? I'm pissed at gratitude. I'm in that moment <laughs> and I'm grateful. I'm like, oh, I have a beautiful life. Thank you so much. And then it went away. <laughs> I got nervous that that, that feeling was going to go away and it did. So that's why I'm pissed at gratitude. It's a twitchy bullshit emotion that needs to be stronger than my anxiety. Meet me halfway. Well, I'm sure gratitude will really appreciate being yelled at like this. So I'm sure it'll come around for you. Let me, no problem. Let me tell you something. Gratitude <laughs> earned it. All right? <laughs> they I, had it coming. Adam, I got it. You need a pill for gratitude dysfunction. Great. Via <laughs> gratitude Viagra. That's what I'm that's what I need. That's what you need, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Just as long as it's not tropical flavored, okay? Yeah, no. No, I'm not taking that. <laughs> <laughs> I can achieve gratitude. I just have trouble sustaining it. Is that what you're telling me? I'll, I'll just crush it and put it in a treat. Thank you. <laughs> like one of those peanut just butter balls we got for the dogs. Uh -huh. Yeah, Stern. Just remember, if that gratitude lasts for more than six hours, go see your physician. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the reason I was focusing on it, because I had a fascinating conversation with Chris Bartlett, and he's quite possibly one of the most grateful men I've ever met in my life. And uh, it made me examine my own gratitude, and uh, and I got a lot of problems. So, but I don't want to say you're failing, but we'll work <laughs> on it, Adam. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look at it. it happens to all guys once in a while. That's <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed talking to Chris Barley. You guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Research shows that adopting an attitude of gratitude, simply expressing appreciation and being more thankful can measurably improve your overall well-being. For example, studies prove that gratitude can increase happiness, reduce depression, and strengthen resiliency. I'm grateful for hitting a horn high yo at a come out roll on a crap table. <laughs> what is that? Look, you, you'd be grateful for what you want in your life, I'll be grateful for what I want in my life. <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. I am in no mood for this crap. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, 
Oh, yes, some summertime fun heading your way. I got some stand-up dates for you. June 24th and 25th, I'll be at the Grand Comedy Club in Escondido, California. July 1st and 2nd, I'll be back at one of my favorite clubs, Cobbs in San Francisco. July 8th and 9th, I'm going home to Strong Island, baby. McGuire's Comedy Club in Bohemia. It's right by my mother. I'm going to see my mom. And July 10th, I will be at Soul Joel's in Jefferson, Pennsylvania for one night only. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes. Notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. Uh, if you can make any of these gigs, please come by and let me shake your hand. And thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an actor, director, suit performer, creature performer, droid maker, and car guy. You know his work from The Mandalorian, The Book of Bubba Fett. Uh, He's also played C-3PO on television for the last 16 years. He is a user experience director for video games that include Gears of War, Tomb Raider, and Call of Duty. Unless I miss my guess, some of the cars in his collection include a 57 Plymouth Fury and a 72 Carmen Ghia. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Chris Bartlett. How are you, my friend? How did I do with the cars? Adam, very close, very close. Uh, uh, it's so good to be with you today, and so thanks for, very much for having me here. So right now I've got a 58 Plymouth Fury, which is uh, like the Stephen King yeah, Don't Christine. Christine. Huge fan. And then uh, the other one's a 62 Ford Econoline van, window window bus, mm-hmm. uh, and that I'm restoring. And uh, in the past, yeah, I have, in high school, I owned a 72 Carmagia. That was kind of the beginning of my uh, vintage car. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I, I have many questions. I really just want to start off with... I don't know what an experienced director for video games, a user experience director is. Can you tell me what that is? Yeah, the user experience. The, uh, I make sure that the game is fun and that players don't rage quit uh, while they're playing it. <laughs> also, I'm, in, I'm responsible for them uh, trying a new game, You know, uh-huh. doing, doing things that will invite people to play the game and stay engaged in it. Uh, yeah, so that's is the game fun? That's my job. Oh, okay. So that so is the game for that. Okay, good. Because I actually did a Forza game when I was on Top Gear, and I broke it. Yeah. I broke the game. The guys, oh, good. The guys that See. built it said it's not supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> right. No, you're right. Yeah. No. So uh, the there's UX user experience, and then there's UI, which is user interface. And they mm-hmm. usually put it together, um, and it's really how the game communicates to the player that makes the game fun. So if the game is not communicating clearly to the player then the player gets all frustrated and rage quits, like you said. Uh, so uh, my job is to make sure that the game is talking to the player in a way that's satisfying and, and fun. I'm very close to doing that with life, Chris. i got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, starting to rage, I'm starting to rage quit. It's really getting on my friggin' nerves. I'm not understanding yeah. the interface. I should be a lot further along in this friggin' game, Bartlett. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll work on that. Universe. Yeah. So that that's good. Okay. I didn't know that that position actually exists. Um, because that's a whole world that's kind of aberrant to me. I mean, when I, when I when I was first made aware of you through our mutual friend Rob, um, he said you got to talk to this dude. He's a car guy, and he makes things. And not only did you make these droids, you made your opportunity to be where you are today, and that was fascinating to me. If oh. I 
if I understand correctly, you were just yeah. building droids for fun. Yeah, I was I was building costumes for fun, and uh, and some of them were droids, mm -hmm. and so I, I had built a uh, a C three PO replica, uh, one that was I was trying to get it as screen accurate as possible, just like the other costumes that I was doing, and someone at, at Lucasfilm uh, found out about it and invited me to Lucasfilm to finish uh, assembling it there, building it there. And then we did an audition for C-3PO, and what they were looking for was uh, anytime C-3PO doesn't show up in the movies, uh, like on television, like the Oscars or the uh, you know, Super Bowl commercial or a special appearance on an ABC show or something, mm -hmm. uh, they needed someone for that. And, and so uh, they put on the they, they locked the suit together and turned on the lights, and I said, oh, my goodness, why have no Adam I have <laughs> <laughs> and that this is my counterpart, Zero. Anyway, um, and so that's that's what I was. Oh, I was referring to Zero. We'll talk about him later. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was it. That was 16 years ago, and uh, so I'm still doing it all the way up until uh, uh, it's not a spoiler now because there are three episodes out of Kenobi. But the very first episode of Kenobi, Superfly makes an appearance, and that was. So okay, so you you're just you're messing around in a garage. You're building yourself a C3PO. What are you doing for work at this point? I work in video games. Okay, so you were still you were doing you were doing the video games, and you were like, "Wait a minute, what's my passion yeah, project?" Most most actors have to have a day job, and so my day job is I work in video games uh, as a uh, in art direction and also in user experience. And so I've been doing that for 20 years, mm -hmm. and. Um, and then I'd come home from work, put my kids to bed, and then I'd go out in the garage and work till two in the morning for three years working on a C-3PO costume that was wearable and functional. And, uh, and toward the end of that is when this, this all happened. That's great. Tell me how Lucasfilm found it. I mean, George wasn't walking around going, what's yeah. that noise I hear off the east patio? Is that Bartlett? Yeah. Yes. No. He, uh, what happened was I was living in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, mm -hmm. and uh, often Lucasfilm calls on uh, fan groups like the 501st, which is a, an imperial costuming group, and uh, had asked for a, a group of stormtroopers to um, appear at this media event for Revenge of the Sith. And okay. uh, we were basically directing traffic in the Lucasfilm parking lot and menacing people and things like that. Um, and uh, anyway, afterwards, we had this after party where we could all suit down and have fun instead of working. Right. And we met a lot of people at, at Lucasfilm. They were just so kind to us and, uh, and appreciative of the work that we were doing as, you know, costume characters. And, um, you know, then, and then someone, uh, uh, his name's Chris Vitale. He was uh, working in licensing at the time. Mm -hmm. And he uh, invited me to come to the ranch, uh, Skywalker Ranch. And I, I thought, ah, he's just. Right. No, but you really did, uh, and, and I, I went, and we just became friends. And over the years, as I was working on other projects, uh, costumes, uh, I would just share them with him because we're both nerds, and right. you know. So, so then, uh, you know, you're when you're building these things, the, the dream is mm. that you know one day it could maybe be seen, just seen by Lucasfilm, or maybe they would appreciate it in some way. Um, the ultimate dream is that it would be used, you know, you get to be in Star Wars in the costume you mm -hmm. built or maybe another costume, whatever. But, you know, that's never going to happen because I'm just a guy in a garage just messing around. Right. Trying to build a costume. 
So, but ultimately they did call and uh, Chris had told uh, Steve Sansweet over at Lucasfilm who's working in uh, relations, fan relations. They called and I didn't have it, Adam, because I had sent it off to be chromed and it wasn't in my possession. So right. when all this dreaming and working and everything, and then they call and I don't have it. And then they, they said, well, where is it? I said, well, it's in Rancho Cucamonga, California. It's being chromed over there. And they said, oh, just so. Pick up the phone and said, hello, this is Lucasfilm. You have a C-3PO costume there. We would like you to have it finished this week instead of five weeks from now. And they said, yep, no problem. <laughs> and so, so then they, uh, they, I, they flew me up to, uh, to Lucasfilm uh, after it was done being chromed. And, we, and then I suited up, did the audition. We went out. And now, 16 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm still playing C-3PO, and I'm so grateful for it. You know, Anthony Daniels uh, and I have worked together a lot at, by this point, and so it's great that we can still hear his voice and uh, see his uh, see his work as well. That's great. So, so I, I love the fact that they called up. Excuse me, I need you to do me. If I would consider this a yeah. personal favor, yeah. <laughs> yes. if you could see I'm your sure way clear to I, making this happen, you know, the muscle. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you've heard of the Death Star, but it's 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 focused on you right now. Yeah, right, right. That's not that's no moon out there. <laughs> so that's okay. So now you get the gig, right? You, you're building this thing. You get the gig, and do you recall your first appearance as C-3PO and, and the feeling you had? Oh yeah, it was in Sydney, Australia. We flew out the next day to go to Australia, and so um, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Wait, all right, you got the gig. Pack your shit. Really? Yeah, yes, yeah. We flew out the next day for Australia, and um, and then uh, it, basically it was a kind of a it, Star Wars Galaxy was the video game at the time that they were mm -hmm. promoting, and it was kind of a dry presentation. Uh, about all the details about the game, uh, and but if C-3PO gives it, oh, that that might be more interesting to watch, and it was. So they had a pre-recorded uh, lines, and I went out and um, you know animated to it in the suit in live because we were in front of everybody in person, and uh, and so it was it was great. And then but at the end, I said, hey, you know, if you ever need another protocol droid, I'm like, just give me a call. And they're like, oh yeah, we can use. Yeah. I was like, cool. I didn't know what that meant. Right. I didn't know that meant, you know, late years later I'd be on the Oscars or that I'd be at the White House meeting the President of the United States or that I would be in Japan or wherever. Anyway, lots of all over the world now at this point. And now, wow. and now on the new shows. Yeah, it's just you dream it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, but you never imagine it would actually happen. And then you just to a point where you're just forever thankful for the opportunity. That's great, and you haven't lost sight of the gratitude, which I think is really, really cool. Have you met Lucas? Have you met George? Yeah, yeah, George. Uh, back when, uh, so, so what would happen is, and they would send out C-3PO whenever the droids were called for, mm -hmm. um, not film a movie. Right. And so one of those was at Disney World in Florida. They, 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 they were reopening Star Tours. Well, first of all, they closed it, and then they reopened it, and I, they called people both of them, but uh, when they reopened it, they had a big appearance. George is there, Bob Iger, Anthony Daniels, and and um, because as you may, may or may not know, uh, C-3PO is now the pilot of Star Tours at Disneyland and Disney World. Mm. And so uh, anyway, George is standing there, he's making an appearance, and Anthony Daniels is there, and then I'm standing over here, C-3PO, and George goes, 
Come stand by three PO. Yeah, why don't you come yeah. stand by me? And then Anthony Daniels kind of like moved over, and I was like, oh, you know, okay, thanks, George. <laughs> uh, but you know, I don't want to upset anybody. You know, just anyway, it was a really cool picture to have uh, George and three PO and Anthony Daniels all, you know, in, in one shot. It was fun. So that was the only. The, had, right, I'm going to rephrase the question: Has George Lucas ever seen your face? I. Uh, Let's see. I uh, don't know. Actually, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he has at this point. But uh, right. every time that we no, we did meet one time. There was a rose parade where C3PO was on the rose parade on right. the rose the float for Lucasfilm, and he did meet me at that point. Um, but it, it wasn't like a hey, let's go for donuts or anything. It was just, it was just a. Uh, are you? That was it. Okay. You didn't yeah. lean over going. He's very nice. He's very nice, and he will talk to you all day, and or let you talk to him, whatever, all day. Just he's really, he's very uh, uh, nice guy to talk to. Yeah, but they, then they're usually like, "Okay, that's enough." Talk. That's enough. All right, we got to go. Yeah, right. Okay, so now you meet George. He sees you. He sees your face. You're in this world. All right, and yeah. now Disney Plus is bringing in, you know, the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. How did you? How did you uh, get into that world? And did you meet Favreau? Yeah, I worked with. John every day that we're on set and mm-hmm. so he uh, what, what happened was someone that works on the show said hey uh, you know Chris Bartlett um, he is very comfortable uh, by this point inside a droid costume mm-hmm. he, he has mannerisms and uh, he, he uh, does a decent job you should bring him in for a screen test so they brought me in for a screen test for uh, Zero if you don't know who Q90 is it's this guy right here uh-huh. I've seen him. Right? So I went in for a screen test. I put on the costume. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's very different from C-3PO. And he's a bounty hunter. He's, a, he's really cool looking and, and sinister. And so I just played it totally different, you know, and uh, menacingly. And, and so I, 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 they took some footage of me and sent it to John. And then I never heard anything. Mm. And, then, and, then, and then a couple of days later, I get a call from... Uh, Sarah, uh, on the uh, production side, she said, Chris, we'd like to bring you in for the fairy man. Fairy man. Mm-hmm. No, well, she pronounced it fairy man. I and understand. I was like, what, what show is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Wars. And I'm like, what, is this like Lord of the Ewoks? Or what, what is this? What, am I going to be playing a flute? Or what, Sarah? And she goes, uh, yeah, you're going to be playing a flute. I was like, ah, oh, crap. Anyway, it's Star Wars. I'll be in. I'll be in Star Wars. It's fine. I'm going to be shirtless with hoops and wings and glitter and, and whatever. It's fine. You know, mustache. But she said, uh, "Well, why don't you just come in and see it?" And I said, "Okay." So then I got the uh, the, the the ferryman ended up being the goggles and the snout that's mm-hmm. out on the ice, who literally was guiding people across the the ice on speeders. Um, and then I said, well, whatever happened about Zero? And she said, oh, yeah, you got that one, too. I was like, oh, this is the best day ever. They said, they you said oh, yeah, you got that one, too? Yeah, they just they said, oh, did we not let you know? Oh, I forgot to tell you. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, so I got that one, and then that turned into now, like, 15 different droids uh, that I've played on the show. Or, let's see, 12 different and then three different, you know, other 
character. Okay, first of all, you got that one too. See, for them, it's Tuesday. For us, it's a lifelong dream. You know, exactly. That's exactly a great way to put it. I mean, like, yeah, I was, I was happy that I got the ferryman, but mm. you know, especially is you know, droids. And yeah. So, so now, um, did uh, you did you build those droids? Uh, Zero was built by Legacy Effects. Okay, so zero, zero. That that one was built by somebody else. The ferryman yeah. they they already had. Yeah, and and then uh, there was another alien uh, that they already had, and then all the rest of them I worked on uh, building all of those with Doug with Doug, Doug Chang under his direction on, on a lot of them, and uh, uh, and providing them as well. So and then being in them. So if anything goes wrong with the costume, Adam, it's not their fault. Right, yeah, they got to okay. But how cool is that? Now, this is something you were working on, you girl. It's it, it's the proliferation of intent that just fascinates me. And when I when I heard your story, I said, I, I got to talk to him. I mean, because I'm, I'm nerd adjacent uh, on this okay. show. Sci-fi nerd adjacent on this show. Because my wife is Star Wars. My friend Phil is Star Trek. Um, and, and I'm a car guy. So you fit into all this oh, stuff. Yes. You oh, yeah. You fit into all these little areas. But... It's it's to have that passion about something, not only to be in the world, but be able to contribute to the world on multi levels. You, you're making them yeah. and you're in them. That yeah. just that just kills me. I mean, at what well, I have to ask you this: at what point? Because we all go through dark spots on the path, you know. Yeah. How do you keep going? How do you sit there going? I can't. I'm not building any more frigate. No, no one loves. I'm not getting no droid love. Why am I opening up this? Why am I opening up the toolbox? You tell me, God. Well, the thing the thing is, uh, before I was getting work, I was just a fan at conventions. You know, I was mm -hmm. I was wearing the conventions and being as real a character as I could be, not just a guy walking around, you know, smoking cigarettes. Right. You know? I was a uh, I tried to make these characters as real as possible, and so I, you know, I would speak to people in you know in the character and everything, and never let them see me out of the character. And and um, so I was having fun doing that. I was mm -hmm. just I was making the work, if you want to say. You know, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that I would be getting work. I dreamed of See, work, that's it. See, that's that that's great, Chris. You were just doing it to do it. I'm doing it because I'm looking for a friggin' payday, Bartlett. I don't have I don't have a a, 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 a passion besides my my passion is paying the bills. That's what I need to that that's oh look at okay. that. The credit card is zero. We can I'm sleeping the sleep of the employed. How wonderful is this? <laughs> well uh, yeah, again, it was it was it was my passion outside of my regular day job. You know? mm -hmm. uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's that was part of it. You just if you you think of something every day and that and you're focused on that thing and doing that thing, it's just it feels like everything you do. And I and look, I I, I acknowledge that there's people who think about stuff every day and then they feel like nothing. You know, the mm -hmm. fruition of it. So I'm not not saying I have a I've figured out the formula. I'm just saying that to get if there's if there's if this is the thing I want to get to, mm -hmm. and I'm way over here, what's one tiny step that can get me a little closer to that thing? And right. then I do that. I just do that today. I don't stress out about trying to get all of it done. Just do like one thing, and then tomorrow I'll do one more thing. And so that you know, I was 36 yeah. before I was cast as as. C-3PO, and then I was 48 before I was cast on a TV show. So, um, you know, I just I feel like I got playing a long game here. Yeah, know? yeah. I, well, that, that's that's right. that you if said. If you're focused on, yeah, hey, you got to pay the bills, and the thing that you're you know want to do as a passion is going to pay your bills, then it can get really frustrating because 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I just took from what you just said is you segment things, which is something I have. To, you segment, yeah. you know, I'll do this, this part, I'll do this part, I'll do this part. See, yeah. I just, I, I go to the future and then project, I, I have a, a, what do I, a, a provider's anxiety. I didn't know they had a name. I had a Hal Sparks on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said, you have provider's anxiety. I'm like, oh, let me write that down. Now it's got a yeah. name. So. But yeah, no, yeah. I understand when you take your passion because I love to laugh. And when I started doing stand-up, Chris, it was like I knew I belonged here. I didn't know for how long. Yeah, but when did. when you did it, when you know when I did it, I got that ping. You know, when you hit a golf ball right, you get the ping. Yeah. Oh, you hit it just right. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I know I belong here. I don't know for how long. I'll learn whatever lessons I need to learn. But for right now, yeah. I belong here. And I remember thinking to myself, if I try to make a living doing this, I'm not going to laugh anymore. Because I'm gonna analyze it because I I know my crazy. Good point. Yeah. So. No, I I love I loved your work and uh, and so I thought your classic timing and technique that you had was so uh, felt like really fit in with like the classic type of comedy and I just loved that it, it seems timeless. So. Oh, thanks. But yeah, that's but but that in, in in doing it, I used to make people laugh because I love to do it, and then when I. When I when you go pro, there's I I don't know if you have to sacrifice your enjoyment of your art. the The ultimate goal would be just to keep going what you're doing and and not focus on the outcome. But the human condition is such where that's what we do. We're either living in the future or the past, and we get those golden moments of presence. Uh, right. Yeah. That that's a good point you you brought up about the uh, about that. Like, what sacrifices do you have to make when you make your passion your living and uh, I will say, you know, for me, the one of the sacrifices is you're doing it a lot, and I do all my own stunts, so there's some some painful days, you know. Mm. But you know, that's part of the work, and I'm not complaining because I'm in Star Wars, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you're doing it a lot, and it's physically really demanding and, and things like that. But um, for me, the payoff is when you see it on screen because I never get to see it really on screen until it's done editing and color correcting. Mm-hmm. So that's really satisfying. So, but I imagine for you, you know, when you're hearing the laughs, that's got to be really satisfying. Yeah, it's it, when you're doing stand up in that moment because there's the state yeah. of grace for me is being on stage, specifically improving on stage yeah. with an audience because now neither one of us know where it's going. You know, that's yeah, exactly. that's the live performance, that's the live Jones. But as far as making something like you're making the droids, I make this show. When I hear back from people um, that the show affected them, that we're part yeah. of their rotation, like. I had a guy tell me, uh, you know, he listens to it every week. You know, he he sits in his car sometimes when he drives home. If it's not done yet, he'll sit in his driveway and listen to the, the rest uh, of the show because he's connected to it. And it's like yeah. that's the 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 doing part of, of that when you make something that, that, that you release into the wild. When that comes back to you, that's pretty cool. So I get it. You know, I, I get my my uh, my my emotional uh, fix from my work. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate. Look. Chris, we're, we're real fucking lucky just to be able to do this for a living, you know? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, you're right. I feel I feel really blessed and thankful to be able to do uh, do this, you know, for a living and, and work with all the talented people that I get to as well. I mean, yeah. you have John Favreau. Uh, John is, is – what's special about John is that, first of all, he's super down there. He's like mm-hmm. your next door neighbor. And then when he comes to set, he's kind of giving you the high level of what we're doing today. You know, right. uh, you know, an example would be like, all right. Uh, I mean, you've seen the Mandalorian, right? I have. Yeah. Yeah. 
So one example would be like, all right, my today, wife has it on a loop. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, all right. Uh, all of you dads out there, you've taught your kids how to ride a bike, what that's like. Uh, you're so excited to teach him how to ride a bike. And, uh, and then once he gets going, uh, well, wait, 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 now he's a little dangerous. You know, he could get into trouble, could mm -hmm. get in an accident or whatever, but, but he's happy because he has this new found power, but yeah, now there's a little more danger in his life. But anyway, it's so satisfying when you let go of the bike for the first time and then they just go sailing up. He goes, this is what we're filming today. It's not like this is Star Wars or this is, you know, he's, right. he's high level making this relate to what we're filming today is really cool. Uh, just he, he's a, he's real visionary. Yeah. Uh, he's given you a sense memory to draw from. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. As a director. Yeah. And then yeah. he'll say things like, um, yeah, he, he came over and sat down one time and he goes, uh, it was me, Bill Burr and, um, we were filming that 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 episode with Zero where they're breaking that Twilight out of prison. And mm -hmm. He goes, uh, as a super nerdy sentence, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he sits down and he goes, uh, he's just like, ah, I want to come sit with cool kids. Uh, like, uh, maybe I should leave. <laughs> yeah. He said, um, you know, as a director, I know what, as an actor and a director, I know what directors want from their actors and mm -hmm. I know what actors want from their directors. As a director, he said, I'll just share with you, I love it when actors come prepared, when they uh, come on time, and they come with ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know that it's always nice to be able to, to, you know, kind of make slight alterations to to something instead of having to build it from the ground up. You know, as a director, it's really nice to be able to have a uh, an actor who is uh, has ideas about their character, and maybe they're okay, maybe they're talking you know too high or too loud or whatever well we can just like tone that down a little bit instead right. of like all right i gotta tell you everything you need to do you know what i'm saying yeah and oh so, believe me uh, i work with dennis leary for 20 years i know <laughs> that yeah, you have to right? you have to be wow. prepared and be ready to pivot i mean because yeah. and it's it's interesting you said about what director certain directors just want to hear the words the way they yeah, want true. it you know and it's like yeah the instinct I got, and I got it from working with my dad, because you got to know when to shut up. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, m mostly shut up, Chris. But but then <laughs> you got you learn how to read the room. We're like, okay, I can do something here. And one of the things I learned was let them hear their words first before you improv anything. I only do that because I've seen other people improv stuff where they don't hear what's written, so they got nothing to compare it against. And now this guy's a troublemaker. Just do what I need you to do. You don't know what mood he's in. Until you do one, and then you see his face, and then sometimes I'll improv it. You know, mostly in the uh, in the master because if they like it, I got to do it in coverage. So you yeah. know, so, yeah, exactly. So yeah, and I do the I do the same thing. I do. Uh, I love what you said. They want to hear their words first. Mm -hmm. I, what I do is I uh, in anything, whatever the action is or whatever the uh, um, the lines are, I always do first what they've given me, and then I just try stuff. Yeah. And then I just you know, see what, what sticks. You know, a lot of actors do this. So, you know, um, uh, whether it's in the animation of the, um, okay, Chris, why don't you, your character work, walk from here mm -hmm. to here and say this and that. And then I do that the first time. And then the next time I do something, you know, a little like, oh, what, what would this quirky droid do? You know, what? And, and so then I throw that in there like, oh, yes, do more, do that, keep yeah. doing that. You know, that's satisfying. So 
I just, I'm just trying stuff. Uh, and if they say, nah, I'll go back to the other thing. Great. Uh, but at least, you know, they didn't have to say, Hey, could you, you didn't have to think of something and then tell me to do that. You know, yeah. it's just, it's fun. Cause I'm, I'm just having fun doing the work. So, um, anyway, I, yeah, I, I, you get you get to contribute to something to the bigger picture. That's you know when you're invited yeah. to do that. Who's, yeah. who's better than you? And, and they're super receptive to that too. They're super, I found you know whether it's Deborah Chow or Rick Famuyiwa or John Favreau, or Dave Filoni, uh, you know, um, or or uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, they're all open to you know ideas. It just kind of spins up the energy, you know, like mm-hmm. it keeps things moving instead of having to pause you know, come up with an idea. Yeah. So I like, I like working like that. Yeah. I, I work better, uh, in collaboration with, with, with other people. Um, yeah. and you get more, more, more out of it. You get more out of the, the satisfaction of doing it. And the end product usually is, yeah. is a lot better because there's more energy in it, you know? Yes. Right. So you said you do your own stunts. What was the toughest stunt you had to do? The toughest stunt I had to do just appeared on, uh, last week on the second episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a character that I play called One Jack, and he's a bounty hunter who's hunting Kenobi. Um, and uh, it's the death scene. So the death scene was, I'm wearing, I'm wearing fiberglass and plastic head to toe. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the stunt was uh, you get shot, you have to slam up against the wall and fall down on the ground. Now, we can't put a pad down because when we, we're pulling out from the shot and we still see you laying on the ground, so we can't have you laying on a pad. Like, <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so um, that about 12 to 15 times, I slam against the wall, hit the ground. Slam against the wall, hit the ground. And every time, uh, thankfully, my costume which I feel, uh, did not <laughs> fall apart. It did not crack or anything, but my body was, uh, was a mess afterwards. But... It, it was it was fine. Um, then and then later after we, you know, I'm laying there. One of the many times I'm laying there on the ground, my my helmet has fallen off, and I'm I'm just laying there up against the wall on the ground. And Ewan is standing over me, and I'm like, "Don't say it, don't you say it." He was like, "I would never say that. <laughs> I would never say that." And you know what I'm talking about. You know, I have the high ground. Uh, and, you know. So he didn't say that, thankfully, but he did say, "Chris, if you want." That. He, said, uh, he didn't say, I have the high ground. He said, Chris, are you all right? Yes. Yeah, it was nice. Um, so that was the toughest day just because uh, it was it was previous to that. The hardest day was only falling on the ground once. Mm. And I thought, wow, that was tough because there's no padding. I'm just cracking on the ground. Uh, and that was in um, Mandalorian Season 1. I was a droid bartender. And there's this huge shootout where, where Werner Herzog gets killed. And there's death troopers outside. They shoot up. They shoot up the place. And the gag is that I'm supposed to. I make my way through the all the shootout, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I still surviving until at the very end I get shot and then I fall down. Well, we did that seven times. I hit the pad perfect, no problem. And uh, and and then they wire the whole set with pyro and everything. And one of the stormtroopers decides to like mix it up, <laughs> and he. You know, he spins around and bumps into me, and I fall, and I fall off balance, and I hit the hard ground. And uh, I was like, uh, Deborah Chow goes, cut, cut, cut. And her and John Favreau now are standing over me. Chris, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I just need to take a break, uh, just a little break. And they're like, yep, yeah, no problem. So I'm up. And I was like, wow, I hope I never have to do that again. <laughs> all right, we're going to go one more time. <laughs> like, hey, 
you know that one time you could do that like 15 times right <laughs> so anyway no i didn't say that but it did it did work out it all worked out my friend you started yeah. building something in your garage and that little intention took you to where you are today. And it was the story to me was was very inspirational. That's why I really wanted to talk to you. And this conversation has been as well. So I thank you so much for your time, my friend. If people want to get a hold of you, where do they go? Uh, Instagram at Chris F Bartlett. Uh, that's my that's where I'm most active. And um, and you can reach me anytime I, I answer my messages. And that's uh, but Adam, it's been fantastic to talk to you. And I hope we get to talk about cars again. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it, my friend. Best to you and your family, and may the force be with you. This is the way. <laughs> be good, brother. Take good care. All right, I'm Chris Bartlett, and that was 30 Minutes. I'll never get back. Fascinating guy. <laughs> oh, my God. So cool. Yeah. Just the coolest thing. Yeah. How great was that story, too? It's amazing. Adam, I wanted to ask you something. Mm. When he said, I have the high ground now, did you know what that meant? Not at all. <laughs> it, seems, it, it seemed important, I and I didn't so. want to be rude, but I had no clue. <laughs> That's a Star Wars catchphrase. I, I knew it was something. Yeah. It's yeah. like um, I force... knew it wasn't from Dumb and Dumber. I, I put those two things <laughs> well, together. Good. Yeah, it's like, may the force be with you, and, mm. I, you know. Uh, What's it about? Um, this is the way. Um, it's... He literally had the higher ground, which is he had an advantage. Mm -hmm. And it's the scene where good triumphs over evil. For you, Adam, it's sort of it's sort of like when the Godfather said he wasn't going to get involved in the drug business. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like. He's talking better. to Salazzo. Yeah, and he says, "No, I'm not, I'm not going to do this." Yeah, thing. yeah. That's why I don't begrudge him man living, but drugs. Okay, good. I get it. <laughs> it's 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 a moral dilemma. Yes, it's oh. a moral dilemma. Now I get it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Adam. You don't need CGI for this shit. All right, I get it. <laughs> you just need Coppola. Yeah, that's what that's you all. need. <laughs> and Adam, I can't believe you didn't ask him the coolest question. What? How it was to sit in the Razor Crest? I I didn't know there was a Razor Crest and oh, it had my seats. Goodness. I don't what. <laughs> Mark, do you know the Razor Crest? I do not know. I'm oh sorry. my goodness! I'm gonna walk out now. <laughs> Let me ask you: Is is the Razor Crest when Sonny was on the causeway and they shot him full of holes? No. All right. That's it. Yes. No. It's Mendo's pre-Empire ship. That oh, was the ship they fly in. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is a cool ship. Yes. It looks like a uterus. Actually, it does kind of look like fallopian tubes. Yeah, and... it looks like a flying <laughs> it does. uterus. It does. <laughs> It does, which is power. I didn't know it itself. had a name. Yes, it is. Power in itself, yes. He flies around giving life to the universe. <laughs> Undetected. Undetected. Oh, man. And he can, he can only, and every 28 days, a new life form is, is shoved out into the universe. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't ask him how that was to sit in that. I don't know how you stay married to me. Yeah, because they built an ac actual replica. You know, it wasn't CGI. It was actual. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Did he build it? I don't think he built it, right. but he get to he got to sit in it. But how cool is that? He builds these droids. That that's what that's what amazed me about this story is he was building these droids, just messing around, mm -hmm. just messing around, and then all of a sudden it just it just kind of accelerated, and he ended up working for George Lucas. They put out uh, they put out the word they needed stormtroopers, mm -hmm. and only stormtroopers showed up. You know, the last time that was done, 
Germany invaded Poland. So I'm glad now. (laughs) It's better circumstance now. I'm glad now the stormtroopers are being used for good. Apparently, the stormtroopers have the high ground now. No, the stormtroopers <laughs> never have the high ground. All right. And especially in that scene he was talking about, I I do think one of the stormtroopers tripped him. Oh, and the one he said he fell down? Yeah. 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 And I remember that scene. Mm-hmm. He took a header. Yeah. He really did. <laughs> I think, that, and he built that suit, right? I, I don't, yeah. That I don't know. Did he, is that what he said? So he said he built that one. So, because he said in the interview, and my suit didn't crack. Ha ha. My jaw oh, did. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, uh, what he did and what he was doing, mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was chasing anything, you know? He was just doing it for the sake of the joy of yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no transactional thing there. It wasn't like, I'll do this and this will get me to Thanks, the place Stern. I want to be. Thanks, Stern. <laughs> Thanks gonna, for pointing it out. I was going to say, Adam, take note. <laughs> Thank you. Let me show moment. you others that possess something you can't grasp. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else you want to do, Mark? Why don't you say something about my mother now that you pissed me off? (laughs) Getting upset at the messenger won't help you, Adam. It does make me feel better. I don't know why. You should be grateful for that, right? Yeah. No, I should just be grateful in general to sit in an atmosphere of gratitude that's killing me. Well, they they even, they even said like when they when when he got the gig, they didn't even mention when he got the gig. He's like, yeah, we need you to play this 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 ferryman with a snout and play the flute. He's like, eh, what about the other one? Oh, you got that too, son of a bitch. When were you going to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> and you and you're going to Australia tomorrow. Pack your shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you get to drive the Razor Crest. And you get to drive. Well, they I think that was just a perk they left out, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it because, like you said, to them. It was all part of like just their day that they're going through. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, we've cast that part. But for him, like exactly like you said, this was the moment of his life. It's like you got both those parts, and hey, kid, you're in the show. Yeah, like let's go. We're flowing to Australia tomorrow. Like yeah. the universe turning on a dime right there. Like I can't imagine the flood of emotions that it must have been rushing through him at that at that moment. That's mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Adam, yeah, you need a droid suit. I need a droid suit? Yeah. I need a droid suit with a gratitude implant in yes. it, I think is what I mean. <laughs> yes, you do. That would I am, uh, but I am getting better. I am grateful, and I'm very, and I do feel it, and I do acknowledge it, and I am, I am cultivating it, but it had to start with, you know, at least I'm not that guy. Now it's, oh, well, I'm grateful for this. Now I just have to be grateful. So I'm, I, I'm on the path, young Skywalker. Having fun would help. It's killing me. I just, I can't. <laughs> We may have learned a new phrase that can help you process all of this. What? what was it the other week we learned about provider anxiety, right? Yes. Hal now? Sparks. It's funny. I've been seeing a therapist for a year. The guy who used to host Talk Soup helped me out by defining what I have. Hal Sparks says I have, what is that? Provider's anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now you get that, right? Okay. We know what that is. And now we just heard another phrase from, from Chris, mm. rage quit. That sounds like something that would appeal to you. I'm this close to doing that. <laughs> uh, I'd never heard that term what? before. Re- I guess it's for, for video game video players. Games. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This. Like, game. I'm not having fun. I'm just quitting. Yeah. And, and by the way, thank you for asking him what his gig was for the video games. Now, it, the explanation totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But an experiential director for video games, like... That is such a cool job. My like his whole gig is to make sure that people are having a fun time yeah. when they're playing that game. I think that's awesome. Yeah, he's a video game pimp. That's what he is. Yeah. Just making sure 
the gamers I know, when they get upset, they break their shit. Mm. I mean, they literally break their, they throw their headset, they throw in the controllers, everything. Yeah. They, they just walk, walk out. In. Yeah. That, that's rage quitting. That, that's exactly. But then they get back in. Yeah. You know? They're like Phil. <laughs> just in the moment, I'm never going to fall for this again. Yeah. All right, I will. This time I will. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine when it goes to the, like, the metaverse. Right. You know, with the. What is it called? Oh, with the Oculus, Oculus, yeah, that kind of stuff. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, it's going to be unbearable. Yeah. What's well, going to be? That's that, going to be obnoxious. That's where humanity ends. That's where humanity is going to end. I mean, I put on the Oculus in a green room, and I wasn't in a green room at a comedy club. I was, I was at a base camp at the at the Himalayas, and I was looking around. It's it's like being on a promontory. Just your your <laughs> troubles just melt away, and the squirrels talk to you. What do your philosophers <laughs> say? What too much of that? Like, you know, sensory pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't need it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what's going to happen. They're just going to they're going to put the oculus on your eyes. They're going to put the anal spike to get stuff in and out of your body. And that's it. You're not going to move. The an- what? Yeah. Why do you go to the butt? Well, I can't, because if you go in through the mouth and it's tropical flavor, you're going to kill a dog. I'm oh just trying to be safe goodness. for everybody. Let's just hope humanity has a choice. Yeah, I don't think so. If people, if people, if people still oh think it's okay goodness. to make a speakerphone conversation in public, I don't think we should survive as a species. Adam, we need I'll to say- up your doses of the gratitude medicine. We do? Yeah. Or maybe we th- have to think of ID. Take, take your little blue pill with the G on it. <laughs> Okay. I'll tell you this much. Whatever the metaverse brings us, Mm -hmm. as long as Chris is in charge of making sure that we're having a good time with it, then I would trust it. Because I think this guy's got a great vision for it. And again, he sits in this bubble of gratitude. Like he's he's like Charlie in the chocolate factory. He got the golden chocolate Mm -hmm. bar and Mm -hmm. he knows it. And he's just living in that moment. Didn't matter how many times he had to get knocked around when doing like, you know, do the one take of the fall and he knocks his head around. And it's like, OK, I think we got it. Yeah, let's do that 40 more times now. And yeah. he's just like, OK, whatever you guys want to do, man. Like I'm I'm hanging out with Anthony Daniels, the original C-3PO. Mm. And I'm with, you know, George Lucas, the creator of this entire universe. I mean, for anybody that's a huge fan of this, like that's. It does not get any better than that. Like he's, it's, it's one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I will. I, I, I has it. I guess like the twelfth time he had to take the fall in a suit under his breath, he went, "Son of a bitch, get, <laughs> can you please get it together?" <laughs> Is that a good one, please? Yeah. How cool was it when uh, uh, Lucas Ranch called? Uh, could you get that? What is it? Chrome on the suit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, oh, that's, he, he had that's... George Lucas's people lean on lean on a powder coating guy. It's about five <laughs> weeks. We would like this to be done today. All right? <laughs> I would consider it a personal favor if you could chrome this droid today. <laughs> Hold on one it second. No, no, no. Put the Death Star on standby. <laughs> where, are you, where are you located again? Just in case I need to send some boys over to pick the suit up. Oh, man. I just need some coordinates. That's all. <laughs> oh, man. A pure mention. Yeah. That's all you But he's living in his world. He's living in this the Star mm-hmm. Wars world. That's why when 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 uh I heard he wanted to be on the show and I was like and I looked at his cars and I'm like, he's a car guy. Mm-hmm. He's a Star Wars guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam, I, I do just have to ask you one thing though. 
you know, because... I don't know why I didn't ask him about the Mandalorian ship. You're going to pile on now, too? (laughs) No. I did ask him about the 58 Plymouth, though. He's got the Christine car. Yeah, the Christine car. Yeah, he's got the Christine car. You know, I'm not a huge car guy, and I know that car, and I love that car. That is very cool. I don't want that car. I don't want that car. I don't want that car. All right. (laughs) Okay, we won't get that car. Thank you. No, but... But when you were talking to him and you said, yeah, no, I'm surrounded by nerdiness. You know, my wife, Alex, is is a huge uh, Star Wars geek, okay? Mm -hmm. And my friend Phil, he's a huge Star Trek geek. So I'm surrounded by all this. Mm -hmm. uh, Too embarrassed to mention my my geekiness with ancient (laughs) Rome? Believe me, if I would have saw an opening, I would have brought it up. Just have costume will travel. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you just listed everybody else, and I was like the son that you're like, oh, my God, my son, the ones in ancient Rome, never mentioned him to strangers, okay? Mm-hmm. He just does his own thing. You know, when I go back and I do, and I get my my armor all set, and I'm out there reenacting the Battle of Pharsalus, hey, you guys can't come. How about that? Uh, how will we survive? We're not going to be... <laughs> Honey, <laughs> I don't know what I've done. I need to be grateful. I, I, I apologize so much. My lack of gratitude made you miss out on the Battle of Pharsalus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, I, I would slide you into Star Wars because it's very much based on, you know, history of good versus you know, evil. Yeah, it's the and, Empire. Yeah. So I'd slide... I'm going to slide Mark into Star Wars, Adam. Thank you. So, Adam, have you noticed that he's just grateful and happy Mm. for what he does? Mm -hmm. And he lives in that moment, okay? And I'm so happy and so grateful for my love of ancient Rome because that keeps me grateful, okay? Good, I'm glad it makes you happy. And you're embarrassed by it. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know. I'm grateful you understand. See, it's working. I'm so grateful I have a friend of my friend Mark. And I'm also grateful he's not wearing a toga while we do this. Okay. I want to thank Chris Barla for being my guest. Honey, if they want to get all of us, where do they go? TheAdamFerrar at Gmail. Uh, thank you guys so much. The show is growing. It's all because of you. Please tell someone you love about the show. We have a link to the T-shirts in the show notes. Also, a link to my YouTube special is still there and free for you guys. And if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And always remember that life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Pod is ended. Go in peace. This is the way. I tried to keep you calm. I know. It didn't work. (laughs) But I just said they need to run some tests. They need to run some tests. Mm -hmm. So right away, I'm panicked for my dog, and I hear a cash register just ringing (laughs) shit up in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mark, I said, honey, just make sure our dog is okay. Which means, Mark, don't let him try to upsell you. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We're running a special for the summer. How would you like to get your dog a bikini wax at half price? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.